Hello once again everybody, this is Alex Mack and thank you for checking out Max Books Weekly once again. It's a new week, it's a new episode, uh, really appreciate you checking me out once again. Yeah, thank you for joining me uh, and to keep up to date with everything uh, Maniacal Books related, just uh, check out Maniacal Books on, on every everything social basically. I'm so rusty at this guy, and don't forget to rate and review the podcast if you actually like what you hear. I'd appreciate that. That helps a long way with uh, you know algorithms and behind the scenes stuff to kind of get numbers up, stuff like that. But anyway, man, look, I'm just going to go right into it. Uh, I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm ready to just run through this and go to bed. But uh, yeah, I think um, last week, oh, I need this last week, I kind of forgot to go through what I normally go through, like doing the uh, the box office numbers and, and stuff like that, and so. I think, um, yeah, let's do that. Let's just go ahead and take a look at the box office numbers just to kind of kick it off. We'll run through this real quick. Number one, no surprise. No surprise at all. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Haven't had a chance to check that out yet. Looking forward to it. You know, it, it looks amazing. <clears throat> I've, generally, I've heard, like, really amazing things about it. People seem to love it. So, yeah, that, that's, that should be really cool. Number two, Violent Night, which I honestly, I really, really want to check that out. Like, that looks like a crazy movie. It looks like like the Christmas movie I've I've kind of wanted all these years, you know. Um, so it's like Santa turns into John McClane from Die Hard, basically, and it has a body count from, from the looks of it. Um, I don't know. It looks really cool. It looks really. It looks different, new, and kind of like a. A breath of fresh air as far as Christmas movies go. So yeah, that looks pretty cool. And it's getting this is number two. Uh yeah, Black Panther pulled in like 17.5 last weekend. Violent Violent Night pulled in 13.4. Strange World is number three. Oh, 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 okay. It's that new um Yeah, so Strange World is that new Disney movie that came out. That's number three to me, like just above five million. I did. I, I honestly, I can wait for that to hit the app. Like that don't. I, I don't think I can. That that don't look like something that's worth spending like fifty bucks to to go see <laughs> on the weekend. I I could just wait for that to hit the app. Uh, the menu, yeah, the menu rounds up at number four. That looks like a really interesting, really cool movie. Uh, that's uh, 3.4 million. Okay, yeah, so Devotion at number five. I didn't even know that was out yet, actually. Uh, that's that war movie starring Jonathan Majors. Looks really good. I can't wait to see that one, too. Uh, yeah, that's number five at 2.7 mil. And number six is I Heard the Bells. Also, it's the story of the story of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> I, love how, I love how we just start, we lose ideas, and then we just start going, just doubling down. We're gonna, you know, know it'd be a good story. The story about the story of the Christmas Carol. Yeah. Okay. That's number six. I said number six, right? Yep. That's number six. Brought in like just over a hair over two million. And number six is Black Adam. Uh, it's still going strong. It's still up there. One point five million at, at number seven. The Fablemans is number eight at 1.2 million that looks like this we're really uh, kind of oscar Beatty, uh steven spielberg 
movie that's kind of like semi-autobiographical, it, it sounds like. I don't know. I, I'll, I don't know. I might catch that when it's on cable or something. That looks all right. Uh, number eight is the... Oh, no, I did number eight. Number nine is Bones at All. That's That looks like a really interesting, really weird movie. Is that Timothy Chalamet? Timothy Chalamet? Chalamet the God? Yeah, so uh, Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell, who looks very familiar. What, what did I see her in? Oh, yeah, my girl from Lost in Space. Okay, so yeah, Taylor Russell. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that look that, that's a really weird, interesting movie. Uh that looks pretty good. Uh it's it's hanging tough in there. It's number nine right now in the box office. So it'll be a video on demand pretty soon. So yeah, I can't wait to can't wait to check that out. That that most likely will be a review. That that definitely looks like a review. And number 10, oh, Ticket to Paradise. I think that's the George Clooney, Julia, yeah, Julia Roberts movie. I, I could have sworn they just did this like a couple years ago with Sandra Bullock and, and Channing Tatum. It's, it seems like the, the premise of the exact same movie, like, like, but in this one, I guess they're like a divorced couple and they go to like the islands. I think for the daughter's wedding or something like that, and they get pulled back together, or I don't know, go through some kind of weird hijinks. But yeah, that seemed like a complete miss to me. But uh, yeah, that's the top ten. There's some some pretty solid flicks on here. I think, uh, especially the first two, Black Panther and Violent Night. Can't wait to see that. The menu is still still in the top ten, still going strong. And Bones and All looks like really weird. Like I, I can't wait to see that. And Black Adam, of course, the the blockbuster, and Devotion. I actually, yeah, I have to check that out. I can't wait for that to come out. Um, I did. I saw the commercials. And I was like, anything Jonathan Majors is in, I'm I'm there. Like he's he's like one of the the next great ones, you know. And so yeah, I, I watch anything he's in. Okay, let's pop over to the uh, new book releases for this week in December. I'm uh, over in the uh, the Goodreads page, and uh, you know, just go through the uh, the top ten kind of like best selling books for right now, and that would be uh, so number one, uh, Zodiac Academy, uh, Sorrow and Starlight, book number eight apparently, Carolyn Peckman and Suzanne Valenti, never heard of them, but. Uh, okay. Bloody, lost, broken. We fight another day, but with someone stolen from us, can the fates ever twist? Yeah. Okay, so that sounds like a fantasy. All right, I, I might check that out. That might be a, a dope new series. I think I'm looking for like a new series, kind of like fantasy type of series to get into. That looks that might be promising. Number two, book number two, Queen of Myth and Monsters by Scarlett Saint Clair. And I guess this is Adrian X Isoldi series number two book. It looks like it kind of threw me off for a second. Uh, so yeah, it looks like another fantasy. Uh, the next book in the epic fantasy series by USA Today, best-selling author Scarlett St. Clair. So, okay, I'm loving it. We're, we're hitting the, the fantasy pretty hard right now. Yeah, that's, that's all dope. I might want to, I'm gonna look into that one too. You check that out. Number three, All the Dark Places by Terry Parlato. 
Uh, this says a, a dark new thriller, perfect for fans of Megan Miranda and Sherry Lapina. No clue who those people are. Where murder exposes the dark secrets at the center of a group of friends and sets two women. One with traumatic past, the other Boston police detective on a hunt for truth. Uh, well, it's rated a four, like four stars, 268 ratings. I'll look into it. <laughs> don't seem like my cup of tea, but we'll see. Uh, number four, Nine Liars by Maureen Johnson. It's a truly devious series, number five, apparently. I've never heard of any of these. and Everything's a series now. Jeez. Uh, senior year at Elling Ellingham Academy for Stevie Bell isn't going so well. Her boyfriend, David, is studying in London. Her friends are obsessed with college applications. With the cold case of the century solved, Stevie is adrift. There is nothing to distract her from the questions pinging around her brain. Yes. Yeah, this seems like a hard pass for me. It's like a Y. It's not like a YA novel. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's not like, like an updated uh, Nancy Drew or something. Yeah, I'm all right. That's a pass for me. Number five, uh, The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton. Uh, Florida is slipping away as devastating weather patterns and rising sea levels gradually wreak havoc on the state of on the state's infrastructure. A powerful hurricane approaches a small town on the southeastern coast. Kirby Lowe, an electrical line worker, his pregnant wife, Frida, <laughs> Frida, and their two sons, Philip and Lucas, prepare for the worst. Uh, I don't know. Four stars. I'm not sure what this is, actually. Is this like a mystery? Is it an, like a country adventure? I don't, I'm not sure what this is, kind of. But on a four-star rated, I don't know. I might see what that's about. But uh, number six, Five Survive by Holly Jackson. A brand new unmissable crime thriller from Holly Jackson, best-selling award-winning author of Good Girls Guide to Murder trilogy. Uh, what, what's the subtitle? Uh, eight, eight Hours, Six Friends, One Sniper. You know, this sounds like the next, uh, the next kind of movie adaptation too. Like I won't be surprised to see that coming out in the next year or two. Uh number seven, well traveled Jen DeLuca. Uh the Renaissance Fair is on the move and Lulu and Dex are along for the ride in the next utterly charming rom com from Jen DeLuca. Okay, yeah, it's a pass for me. I'm not into them type of books. Number eight, the Widowmaker. A Black Harbor series number two. Uh, the cover looks all right. Uh, a wealthy family shrouded in scandal. A detective tasked with solving an impossible cold case. And a woman with a dark past collide in Hannah Morrissey's stunning new Black Harbor mystery, The Widowmaker. I might check this out. It's, it's got. Three stars on and good reads. I don't know. I might check it out. It sounds like something that might might be up my alley. We'll see. Uh, number nine, The Poison Season by Mara Rutherford. Uh, the outs outsiders are always given the choice, the forest or the lake. Either way, they're never heard from again. 
Okay, yeah, I might check this out too. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. And number 10, oh my God, this cover, this is the most basic cover art I have ever seen. <laughs> this is, geez, this is like stock everything, like stock footage, stock font. Good Lord, but it made it number 10. So wait, what am I, who am I to talk? I need to be taking notes, right? Uh, so number 10, 20 years later by Charlie Donnelly. What is this about? All right, Avery Mason host of American events knows the subjects that grab a TV audience attention. Her latest story, a murder mystery laced with kinky sex, tragedy, and betrayal is guaranteed to be ratings gold. New DNA technology has allowed the New York medical examiner's office to make its first successful identification of a nine 11 victim in years. What are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> the twist the victim, Victoria Ford, has been accused of the gruesome murder of her married lover. In a chilling last phone call to her sister, Victoria begged her begged her to prove her innocence. I don't wait. The New York Examiner's Office to make this first successful identification of a normal. What did that have to do with? Uh, okay. Well, well, yeah. Okay. That's the top 10. I don't know what. It just went to 9-11 for some reason. I, I, that, that lost me. But going on in movies and books for this week uh yeah i think i'm gonna cut short my usual spiel just go right into the uh right let's just dive right into the reviews this week um so yeah i have uh th three reviews that we're going to do tonight uh and you know as always i have a, a quick break coming up uh the same old break i've had for weeks now and in about 30 seconds we're just going to go ahead and hit uh the hard movie smile Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon. So, see you in a bit. Travel with me to a dark and isolated farm located deep in the heart of St. Mary's County, Maryland, where the only African-American farmer and his family are being tormented by some thing stalking around their property. Can they survive? Can they protect the farm that is their very livelihood? And can they do it with their sanity intact? Are you in the mood for dark, isolated, rural horror? Are books full of ghastly green goo and reanimated corpses your jam? Then check out Mulch, the eerie inaugural novella from Maniacal Books, available today on Amazon Kindle and mcsbooks.com. All right, and we are back. So yeah, we're just gonna run right over to the review section this week. And you know, as as usual, you can uh, see the video portion of these reviews on YouTube. Just head on over to YouTube and search for Maniacal Tube. And you'll run into this uh, ruggedly handsome and yet tired looking uh, goober kind of. <laughs> doing this thing in the videos and that's how you know you've found the right spot so uh yeah just stop by subscribe to the channel uh like some videos and you know try to support your boy as he goes on this weird journey of his so yeah without further ado let's head into the reviews smile is the 2022 horror flick 
starring Sosie Bacon and directed by Parker Finn. And so this is, you know, horror has been going through like a slight renaissance over the past couple of years. And there's been some really strong, like a new and fun horror movies coming out, uh, you know, recently. And it's, I honestly can't say that that's been the case the past, like what, 10 years, but the last like four or five years or so. Actually, I could go back to like what 2015, maybe with like it follows, and from then on, it's just been like you know, amazing horror movie, classic after classic, kind of. And so, and this is and Smile kind of picks up right in the spot. So, okay, Smile, what is it about? Basically, <laughs> so basically, this movie is kind of uh, it follows and the ring kind of like blended together to make this new kind of weird trippy disturbing flick here so uh Sosie Bacon plays this psychologist in a in a middle ward or hospital who uh encounters this young lady who in her office who starts saying she's haunted by something that's that smiles at her and you know she she's trying to keep it at bay and like I, she was attacking people and they, and they brought her in the therapist is kind of she, she's thinking she's you know she's a, another patient really you know she's delusional she's i don't know schizophrenic or you know she's seeing things or whatever whatever until she starts seeing uh, the, the, the same things and so she goes on this uh first she doesn't believe it and then uh you know things escalate and so she kind of goes on this wild goose hunt to kind of find clues or like past victims and things like that one thing leads to another and we find out you know there's an entity you know, that's causing all of this. And her family doesn't believe her or her family thinks she's just lost it. Uh, that, and there's a history of mental illness in, in her family too. So, you know, when she's, you know, saying she's going through things or, or seeing things or whatever, they all think that, oh Lord, the, the, the girl in crack, you know? And so nobody believes her. And so she's kind of like on her own. One of her exes, um, when the, when the first girl died uh, was one of the cops who came, you know, to for for like the investigation or whatever for for that that girl's death in the beginning, and so you know they kind of reconnect and like don't she the only person she has to lean on basically is her her ex who's the the detective or whatever, and so you know things kind of escalate from there, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun movie. <laughs> it's, it's like really fun. It's really disturbing, and it I kind of sat with me for a little bit too. I'm I'm not afraid to admit that. Yeah. So what I like about this movie a lot, <laughs> I like a lot. First off, uh, the uh, the the way it's shot. So uh, this this uh, the director is called uh, Parker Finn, and this apparently is his first major motion picture. You know, which I honestly I couldn't tell. It was. It's almost like it was directed by just like a, a pro, like a like a just a veteran of the genre. Yeah, the I, I like this movie because it was like the most mundane things had this like real, real kind of creepy tension uh hinge to it. Like a, a thing that a lot of horror movies is it's kind of like an old old hat when it comes to horror movies to kind of like you know try to make the most mundane things like you know horrific or the center of of the horror because that's where the, the like the magic of true horror movies lie to take like the everyday the everyday kind of mundane monotonous things and like make it terrifying you know that's that's kind of classic horror but just the way um 
where uh, the director Parker Finn like lingers on the shots, you know, and I'd, a couple of times I think it just kind of lingered on like her pouring wine, you know, from from you know into a glass, and it just kind of lingers there with and like the sound is out, and it kind of subverts like the the regular jump scare thing because you're thinking. You know, it's it's kind of following those beats, like the jump scare beats. You like you kind of think like, okay, here we go, and then there's nothing, and then you know you think you're moving on, and then wow, like some she sees something in the corner or something, and it's like, oh, okay, that's I wasn't expecting that. That that's actually pretty cool. Like I've I've been watching horror movies since I was like a kid, so like I'm used I'm so used to like the uh, the the beats, you know, of a of a horror movie of like a jump scare scene or whatever. And that that was I like how he he changed it up and he kind of like really very much subverted kind of the expectations on that. Yeah, so uh Sozie Bacon, who I didn't take hints from her last name being Bacon, but come to find out she's the daughter of Kevin Bacon and Kyra Cedric. And I couldn't tell, honestly, because she looks like neither of them. <laughs> like she doesn't look like her mom or her dad. But she was actually really like she was really good in this and the way she kind of portrayed somebody who is actually going through things. And I think she's I mean, she's scared because she's going through stuff, but she's also scared that she is, you know, she had, her family has a history of mental illness. And so she's actually kind of frightened that she's like, she is like, this is her turn. Like she's actually going through something at first until it's, it's you know, very much put in, uh, like very much confirmed that no, this is something else. This is, you're, you're not going crazy. This is something completely else and crazy. But um, yeah, she, she, I really kind of like, f like felt her performance in this of just somebody who's just like, I'm not going crazy. I, I promise you, <laughs> I'm not going crazy. I I'm, I'm seeing, <laughs> you know, I'm like, this, this, something's wrong. Like, don't pl please believe me. <laughs> but yeah, that was, I, I really like that. So I think she did an excellent job, you know, of, uh, you know, portraying that somebody going through something. And people just think she's crazy, but it's like no, no, seriously, like listen to me. I'm like something is happening here. That that was that was really good. Jesse T. Usher <laughs> is in here. I haven't seen him in anything other than The Boys, who he of course plays A Train in The Boys. He's like the like the Flash uh, character in there from like the DC universe from the Justice League. You know, he he plays the Flash, but. He's he's a huge douche in this one too. Like he's because at, at first I'm like, oh, oh, it's my man, A Train. Okay, nice. He's playing like a normal guy now. Okay, yeah, that's that's cool. I like to see it. But really, he's he's kind of still a self centered douchebag. You know? So, but I'm, I'm I kind of can't blame him because you know it's it's well known that you know she has a her, her family has a history of mental illness. And so, but even, but even still, it's like, bro, why would you, you just not going to believe her and act like she's like a mental patient just off the break. Like the minute, like it was the thing, like, that's why I say he's just a self-centered douchebag in this as well. Cause like the minute something happens, he's just like ready to just like, just, just cut everything off. Cause, cause I'm sorry, Jesse T. Usher plays her fiance. Uh, so Sosie Bacon's fiance in this, and so <clears throat> you know they're living together. They got they're like making a life together, and like she he knows she has like 
she knows her issues going up, growing up, right? And so the minute something happens, he's just he's just looking at her all crazy and weird. And I don't one hundred percent blame him though, but it's just like you you knew what this was. <laughs> now I gotta say, I gotta give the MVP of the movie to my guy Rob Morgan here. Rob Morgan, he is like he is a, a pitch hitter <laughs> in every movie he's in. Every because he he kind of plays these uh these kind of like smaller roles, these kind of smaller character actor roles, and he kills every one of them. Like he kills everything he's in. He doesn't have one bad performance. I first saw him in uh the first time I actually recognized him was in Daredevil. Like the old, the well, not the old, but the the Daredevil series from years ago on Netflix, and the, even there, I was like, "Damn, he is acting his ass off in this." Like he was, because he's the bad guy in that. But I'm like, "I like this dude," you know. <laughs> he's and every time I have seen him since, like he has killed it. Like it's mo especially uh, the last Black Man in San Francisco, and like that's a pretty complex role to take for and for this one too for. For his role in Smile, too. Because every role he has is like the same thing. It's this really, it's this kind of smaller role that kind of comes in the movie and goes or just has one one spot in the movie and he knocks it out. Like, he kills it. He slays it every time. And, yeah, it's just like, I, I could watch, I could watch my guy act for like a whole two hours. Like, somebody please give him a role, a starring role. He, he, like he act his ass off, man. Like, yeah, I have to give like that scene of him in in this movie in, in the jail was like, oh man, when he found out like she had it, like the way he flipped out, man, I was just like, man, this dude, this dude, Rob Morgan, this quickly became one of my favorite actors uh, doing it today. Yeah, I, I mean, another thing about Sozy Bacon, beautiful girl, you know, and I'm not. I don't want to be the the guy that's like accused of body shaming or anything like that. But good lord, that boy! She's a string bean. Like she ain't got no one of the one. At one point, she like kind of like turned to the side or something, and it was just like, damn, she ain't got. She's like a toothpick, man. She she's she's too skinny. She's way too skinny. And I'm saying that as a chunky guy. Like I need to lose weight. I need to give her some of my weight. Like she is too damn skinny. There's this there's this part in there where she was like just taking a hamburger to the head, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep them coming. She needs she need a couple more. <laughs> give her give her a couple more of them. Like, God, he's just got skinny. I don't know. How, geez, man, it's it's almost scary though. Like just watch. Damn, she is a real. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry again. Not body shaming. I'm not body shaming. I'm just observing. She need a whopper. Another thing I liked about the movie is the uh, the the entity that's doing all of this. Uh, we we get to see him at the at the end of the film, and he is he's he's pretty gnarly. Like he's a pretty ugly looking, terrifying looking monster. Like uh, that was fun. That was I actually really enjoyed that. I liked that. It was something completely new, some completely new and disturbing and fun. And yeah, I I appreciate it. I appreciated the hell out of it. Like I thought it was really cool, but yeah, it was. Oh, it was gnarly, <laughs> capital gnarl, like for real. Okay, what I don't like about it, it would have been fun since uh, Sosie Bacon's character is playing a psychiatrist. I mean, I really wish she would have like 
psychoanalyze the the mind thing to death or something or, or play some kind of like psychiatrist kind of like psycho like just analyzing it like okay what's where, where does this come from what, what are these homicidal tendencies that you have tell me about your mother <laughs> like that would have been fun that would have been crazy i'd have been like oh, oh okay. i'd have been like oh okay yeah 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 i'm i'm digging that i'm feeling that you know i'm just saying if you're going to have her be a psychiatrist like it's it kind of felt like wasted a bit because it's like well we'll let her like wh where's the psychoanalyst like you know that let's break okay let's break this down why is it you like to attack random strangers and make them do horrible things where where do these tendencies come from you know that kind of thing i'd have been and and then and the demon just kind of sits there and just self-reflects on it and said you know well my father never hugged me one you know it'd have been it'd have been crazy it'd have been something new it might not have been as exciting but i mean we've seen the ending before like we've seen the ending before but if, if we would have had that to kind of like just just kind of turn everything on its head it, i think it, i think it would have been fun and and so like she's in the the mind entity demon's head you know like wreaking havoc in his mind so he don't know what's real and what's not i'd see if i was writing if i was writing it it would have been a little bit more interesting it might not have been as good but it'd been interesting it'd been interesting you know <laughs> yeah and this is the thing like all of these like modern learned people here like <clears throat> a part of the reason nobody believes her is because nobody nobody thinks that there could be like a, a supernatural force of evil that's like inflict uh influencing people's thoughts and actions like that's that's so far-fetched you know what are you talking about no we are learned professional people here we don't we don't you know talk about or think about these kind of things like you know that's just that's oh you're talking you're, you're talking low-minded now but it's like really like anybody who turns on the the evening news nowadays the thought of like a supernatural force that's causing people to do like a bunch of terrible evil sick things that don't seem too far-fetched for me <laughs> when i turn on like the channel 5 news at 10 that don't seem far-fetched to me that, that, yeah, it seems seems pretty plausible to me. But yeah, that, that got on my nerves in this film. All these people just like scoff at her or just like, you know, looks at her strange when she's saying, like, no, there's this thing that's, you know, making me see things. And I think it's making people harm each other. And they they just kind of look at her like and it and it would be a thing if she wasn't a professional psychologist with degrees and, and like an actual job in an actual hospital. If somebody like that is telling you, like, no, I'm seeing things, like something's happening, something kind of crazy is happening right now, you don't, you, and you don't trust a word they say, I, I would kind of have to, like, say, oh, wait, you're saying this? Okay, yeah, what's happening? Because if you're saying this, then, you know, something, something must be going on. But yeah, everybody just, I don't know. It's, yeah, I thought it was, it was, it irritated me. I was on Sozi's side in this one. The only critique I have, because I, I, I glowingly talked about how Parker Finn kind of directed this, but the only thing I would say, though, is it's a little bit of over-directing because <laughs> um, you know, he, he has these, and everybody does this thing where they like it, like invert the the camera so like the ground is like at the sky or whatever. To, I guess it's to kind of like get a sensation of, I don't know, 
I guess to try to like get you off balance or to like add a sense of dread or menace to the the film, but it didn't. This film didn't need that. It was it had heaps of dread <laughs> in this already. It didn't need like a lot of the camera tricks and and kind of like stuff like that. It was it it kind of was a little overboard. Yeah, I love this movie. This was this is a classic to me. I am definitely at some point going to own this. Uh, and when I get a new place, I probably like when I start collecting DVDs or Blu-rays again, when I have space to actually hold them, I probably I'll, I'm don't most definitely going to buy this. Um, yes, yeah, smile four out of five. I, it was really good, really fun. And it's this is a movie that actually stuck with me for a couple of nights. Like, yeah, I was, you know, I had to you know, pull the covers up really tight for a couple of nights. You know, that kind of never happens to me watching horror movies. But yeah, that was really cool. Smile, four to five. Don't flip. Game of Thrones House of the Dragon is a 10-episode series on HBO Max. It's starring Patty Considine as King Viserys, Millie Alcark and Emma Darcy as Princess Renea, Emily Carey and Olivia Cook as Queen Alicent Hightower, and Matt Smith, my guy, as Prince Daemon Targaryen. All right, yes, uh, Matt. So yeah, it's Game of Thrones is back. Of course, I, I watched this a few weeks ago, but um, you know, after everything like you know COVID the book and everything i'm finally kind of getting around to kind of just you know putting a review up for it i'm, I'm not going to bury the lead in this i love this show <laughs> the show is actually kind of amazing it did take a minute for me to get into it but once once it kind of kicked off man it was just uh yeah i love the show i'm actually going to start watching this again a little bit over christmas break and yeah i can't i can't wait i, I love this show. i can't wait to watch it again but okay What's it about? <laughs> it's Game of Thrones. It's, you know, we all know what Game of Thrones is about. But um, this time, the kind of like the political intrigue and uh, it fight for inheritance and and power and things like that is done. King Viserys is on the throne and uh, his brother, Daemon uh, Targaryen. I'm sorry. King Viserys Targaryen. Sorry, I should say the whole thing. Uh, he is on the throne, and his brother, Prince uh, Damon Targaryen, played by Matt Smith, is should rightfully be uh, the next in line, I guess, to, according to like Targaryen customs. But uh, Targaryen is kind of a screw up, uh, or Damon is kind of a screw up, <laughs> and so he's uh, after his wife dies in childbirth. Uh, since he doesn't have any other sons, so, uh, he only has a daughter, uh, Princess Renea. And so he leaves her claim for the for the throne. And so that, you know, it's, it's never been done before, right? A woman on the throne? Was, oh, God. <laughs> you know, what madness is this, right? And so it throws everything in, in, in chaos and people are kind of like vying for power. And it's just whole kind of sect that believes that uh Damon should rightfully be still be uh like the the claim to the throne and then you either with the prince's orders or you're against it and you're playing the you know we all know 
So that's that's kind of like the basis story. Yeah, that's kind of the basis. There's uh, other families thrown in. There's uh, the High Towers. There's the um, uh, God, what's what's the other guys? Uh, the black uh with the white dreadlocks, Valerians, Christ. Yeah. So <laughs> there's uh trying to run for power. There's the uh Valerians who are trying to vie for power, and it's just like these three families just kind of button heads. And you know, backstabbing each other while trying to keep up pleasantries and things like that. Uh, so, what do I like about it? A lot. There's, I like a lot about this show. Honestly, I ain't even gonna lie to you. Most of all, one of my biggest complaints about the original Game of Thrones was they always hinted at dragons, but we didn't get them until like way late in the in the show's run. Like season five or six or so i think was when we finally got dragons this one that starts off with dragons we get dragons off the jump and i was like yes <laughs> you know we actually get dragons in this um and this, these dragons oh these these are some fierce ass dragons too yeah um I, so i love uh how they show in this as well like patty constantine plays king series and you know they show kind of how like the how the the stress and weight of like the crown has is just such a burden to carry and they show him kind of deteriorating after a while i think because he was i think he said that he was infected by the chair because i remember uh there was a part in there where he was saying like every time he sits in the chair he gets a new nick or cut or something and so i think i think he was like infected by the chair or it could be like this whole kind of allegory of having how like having the crown of like the the realm uh just like it's such a, a weight to carry it's such like a heavy burden to carry that it it just eats you away from the inside out because you know he gets his he gets sicker and sicker as the the show goes on and after a while like he just deteriorates so bad so there's a time jump in the show that's why there's two actors playing both uh princess renea and queen allison because there's this like a time jump in the show and so like you know he starts you can see him kind of getting a little weaker or whatever at first and then after the time jump he just he's like full-on deteriorating man he's like a, he's literally like a walking skeleton almost patty constantine did a hell of a job in in this and i love i love how the the king has you know he has allegiance to his daughter and even though he knows like his he's pissing his brother off you know but he is doing the right thing and for the most part he's doing the right thing because i mean with uh damon as the king that's that's just like that's uh yeah i and i love matt smith like he's one of my favorite actors out today because he's doctor he's the like my favorite doctor who but yeah, just watching Matt Smith play like a complete wild card. <laughs> like he's just a straight up like loose cannon. He is. I mean, yeah. Any anybody with like good judgment can say that he can't. He can't be on the throne. He can't be king. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he would throw the 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 whole realm into some kind of war or something, and then like they'd be so decimated and like just war torn. They just somebody would come in and take them over or something like that you know something crazy will happen well okay so uh, one thing i really do like about this is a uh, sir otto hightower played by uh reese efons i just, i love he has this role like i really love he has this role i've been 
a fan of his going way back to like the late nineties. I think what um uh the Notting Hill, I think that movie is with um with uh Hugh Grant and uh uh God uh, what's, what's that chick name? Uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah, uh Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. It's like a little rom com. I think oh man, it had to be like late nineties, if not early two thousands. And I hate rom coms too, but I, I for some reason I that's like for some reason I give that movie a pass. I don't know. I, it was cheesy, but I kind of liked it. I don't know why. But um, yeah, he was I remember him from that. He like he was like super fun in that. And then um in the replacements uh, with Keanu Reeves and and Gene Hackman, he was really fun in that too. So like yeah, every time I see him in something. You know, I, I just like I, just, I love seeing him in there and seeing him seeing him play like a kind of a different kind of role is very kind of like stoic um, manipulator uh, kind of role was like fun to watch. Like I've never seen. I'm pretty sure he probably has over in Britain, you know, but over here I haven't seen him in any of the roles like that, like at all. So that was really it was really cool to see him like in a role like that. That's that was that was fun. I was like, damn, OK. All right, Reese, you got the chops, bro. All right, I see you out here. Yeah, and I already said it. Matt Smith, Matt Smith, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, man. Like, Mobius was only watchable because he was in it, and he was just chewing the scenery and having a ball. He knew exactly what kind of movie he was in in Mobius, and it made it immensely watchable, like, if he wasn't in there, I got, I probably would have walked out of the theater. Yes, I actually went to the movies to see that. Don't ask why. I don't know why. I hadn't gotten out the house in a while, I guess. That's that's my only excuse. But anyway, yeah, Matt Smith as a Prince Damon Targaryen. Love this role for him. <laughs> he was really fun to watch, you know, and I saw too much of him, Matt. I, I saw more of the Doctor than I wanted to see, honestly. But, but yeah, it was really fun role. I loved him in this. I can't wait for the next season just to see what the hell he's going to do now. Um, yeah. And see him playing the, the loose cannon, seeing him play the wild card was like really fun. Like, yeah, he's one of those actors, like whatever he's in, like it started with Dr. Who and for my money, he was the best doc at least like it was, um, it was David Tennant. It was David Tennant. He was like number one until Matt Smith, and he won me over damn near immediately. And yes, yeah, now it's God, I kind of judge every new doctor by Matt Smith now, but that's I'm, okay. I'm going to a whole nother discussion, but yeah, Matt Smith. What, what do I like about this show? Prince Damon Targaryen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Prince Aemon Targaryen in this. Prince Aemon Targaryen in this was a complete video game character. <laughs> he was, you know, he was like the worst kid though. Like, uh, like in the beginning when they were like kids, he was absolutely the worst. He was always up to something, always starting stuff. And he, um, well, God, I don't want, it's a spoiler. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but he actually got a dragon at the, the worst possible time to get a dragon. But if you're devious, if you're a devious baby kid, then every time is like an opportune moment, right? I hated him as a kid. And then as he grew up, 
and I'm looking at the thing and I'm like, oh, that's that's Gerald. <laughs> that's totally Gerald Arivia. Like, I don't know. So if if uh, George R. R. Martin actually wrote the character like this, he had to have been reading the Witcher books. Like he had he is 100 percent influenced by the Witcher. You can't tell me he's not like the eye, the eye patch. Like, come on. That's that's Gerald. That's the, the hair like tied back. That's that's all Gerald. Like you you can't tell me that's not Gerald of Rivia. <laughs> uh yeah, that I'm, there's a lot. There's honestly a lot to like about the show, and it's it's initially going in. I just thought it was going to be just more. Um, you know, oh, it's just going to be like a rehash of Game of Thrones, really. But to me, they kind of took what was like good about Game of Thrones and like focused on that. And all the the kind of like the rest of the stuff, like the the it's not like super subplot heavy like the original one was. It's not as many characters like the original one was. <clears throat> so it's like a more focused storyline. And that's like yes, that's perfect, you know. And so yeah, I, this is I, I kind of like this one better <laughs> than than the original one. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm the minority in that. I'm pretty sure I am. But for me, I like this one better. What I don't like about this, um, I mean, A, it, it did take a while to kind of get interesting. I don't care that much about, like, the lore in the books or the lore of Westeros like that. So, I mean, if the, for the people that are, like, the, the first two, like, two and a half episodes is all for y'all. Because, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of getting to know characters. There's a lot of, like, backstory and, like, setting up. And stuff and it was fine but it just it took a while you know for it to get like super interesting to me but that that small little nitpick didn't kind of take away from the overall of the show because once it get once it got going it was full non-stop after that my pet peeve in this the valerians and it's not just the dread wigs you know i mean look at my my wig that their, their wig is better than my wig you know but but it was just I kind of like how they were used in this. Like they were just, they had no consequence into anything. And then like the, the characters were all that. I think for the most part, it was um, that guy uh, that was married to princess Renea, who was just lame and limp as all hell, man. That was just, I hate it. I hated that guy. Like, how are you going out like this brother? <laughs> come on man that, I think that might have been it like he's having baby his wife's having babies by another dude and he's just sitting there like eh, while he runs off with his lover boy and whatnot it's just like eh. he, he's the absentee father you know and it's just like it could be just me look like reading into stuff like too far too much it could be but I just I I don't know the Valerians, and then um, like uh, his that that guy's dad was away for a while, and yeah, so I, I don't know. It was just I think it's just me reading into it too much, but yeah, I don't like how they went out though, man. Like, and uh, when they that scene when they were when a Princess Renea. What and Queen Allison were kind of like vying for like whose kids should rightfully be like next in line, and uh, you know, 
uh, King Viserys was was like super ill and he could barely move really, but he walked into the throne room. It was like a really triumphant scene. And then, um, and I don't, I never knew if King Viserys knew those weren't like those were illegitimate grandchildren. I don't know if he knew that and just wasn't trying to pay attention or he was just accepting the fact or something like that. But like when, when my man like said it with his chest too, like those kids are bastards. They are not true like uh, Valerian blood. And like, and Matt Smith, my boy like took his head like in, like just straight up like, but, but like, yeah, none of them, I, they all went out bad to me, man. I just, I don't know. I didn't like it, but that was my main pet peeve. Um, but they had like, I love that they had the dragons, you know, and like, like, yeah, the dread wigs was whatever, I guess. But yeah, I, I like, I like the family, the idea of the family, but uh, they went out bad to me, man. The, and uh, the uh, Matt Smith's wife. Oh, okay. See, I'm, I, I don't want to get spoilers. I want to get spoilery, but I don't know. They just, they kind of went out bad to me, man, but I kind of already went spoilery. Right. But I don't know. That was, that's, that's kind of like a pet peeve of mine. I could be looking too much into it, but yeah, I know. Uh, House of the Dragon, love this show. Uh, it's the best one to me, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I don't know. Like the whites, uh, the wall and the white walkers from the original Game of Thrones was like, the best one of the best parts of it and it's the classic part it can't be can't be topped can't be redone so i i'll i will give it that but for me i like this one a, a little bit more i would have loved to have like more of that but it's just not it's not part of the story right so yeah four out of five a solid show really liked it and yeah i'm, I'm gonna watch it again peace episode series available on amazon prime it's starring a ton of people <laughs> it's starring just a, a, the definition of a ensemble cast it's too many people but the main stars of this i guess if i can just pick out a handful of people would be morphid clark which is a weird super weird name jeez uh morphid clark as galadriel Ismail Cruz Cordova as or Arundel, Arundir, I think his name is oh, whatever, and Charlie Vickers as Halbrand. Oh, what do I say about this show? <laughs> Hold on, I, let me. I just take a sip of tea while I get my thoughts together on this. What's it about? <laughs> if I know, <laughs> like I. Yeah, this show was all over the place, honestly. Um, I know events, essentially, okay, essentially, uh, if I can get the main idea, like the main gist of it, the dwarves have found Mithril, 
The elves need mithril because their land is corrupted, and the only thing that fixed the corruption is mithril. The dwarven king don't want to touch the stuff for some reason. Doesn't really go into why. Uh, orcs are back, and they're looking for something, looking for somebody. Yeah, uh, Galadriel is on her way to heaven, but she jumps off the boat for some reason <laughs> because she's she has this sense, she has this feeling. And oh yeah, and apparently Sauron is back. There's guys falling out of the sky. There's this queen on an island somewhere that goes to fight a battle and gets blind. Oh yeah, and hobbits. There's hobbits that's like, you know, doing hobbit things. I, I, yeah, this show is show is kind of a mess. It's kind of all over the place. And I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those people. That's, you know, just kind of like joining in the crowd and like harping on it and just, uh, but I, yeah, I don't, I'm not the biggest Tolkien fan. I'm not the, like, I'm not a purist or whatever. So if, they, if you know, this is like a whole new thing, if they can add on to like what's already established and make it interesting, entertaining, fun, I'm all for it. I, I don't know what this is, man. Like, th this is kind of all over the place. It wasn't very interesting. And it was too much happening, too many people. Straight up. Um, but okay, what I like about it. <laughs> um, uh, the good, the, the fight scenes, the, like, when, when the action happened, the action was actually pretty fun. That that was good. I, I enjoyed that. That was good. Um, I can give it that. Um, I did. Seemed like it didn't mean anything a lot of times, but it was fun to, you know, do the thing. You know that we have uh, the the Puerto Rican elf in here, like doing elf things, super elf. It was cool. It was fine. You know, yeah, he, he was whatever. Yeah, man. I, yeah, was, that that was cool. Uh, the shit, the scenery too. Um, it was had gorgeous scenery in here, uh, which I, I can just, I could probably give put some pics up on the on the video. That was that was nice. They had some really good scenery, you know, some beautiful shots, beautiful locations. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. Yeah, this this show, bro. I I don't. It none. It didn't really make sense. None none of it really gelled. Um. Yeah, I almost forgot one thing. I kind of liked about it. Sophia Namvet, Namvit. Not sure how you say it, but playing the like a princess of, of the dwarfs in this basically and she was fine she was different she was different she brought a whole different energy to it which i i, I appreciate i definitely appreciate it she had this huge kind of like black mama attitude you know that's you know and and i appreciated that like that yeah tolkien actually needed more like flavor you know that's my that's been my my um crit criticism of like the original trilogy. You know, even though the playing those old those garbage video games like way back in the nineties, it's just like man, this ain't got no flavor, but it's cool. You know, but yeah, man, God, they need some need a little bit of flavor in here. But yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got for positives. Again, I'm not gonna harp on it. I'm everybody else on YouTube is spewing hate at this thing i'm not going to join in i'm just you know just as a fan of 
Lord of the Rings and as a fan of a fantasy genre in general, it, it didn't seem like it was very cohesive. You know, they, they had like all these things happening and all these kind of like magical, fantastical things and all these different characters doing their thing, going at it, but the, it never connected. And I'm guessing they're saying, okay, this is the setup next because this, this is going to be a five series show. So I'm guessing that's their setup is like, we're going to have all this stuff kicking off eight hours of kickoff, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, we're going to kind of like reel it in and, and, you know, like have it like gel and make sense. And as the, the series goes on. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill it. I'm not going to bash it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, is I <laughs> season one because the one ring to rule them all didn't mess everything up enough. They're going to make three more damn rings. Nobody learned their lesson. That was what I was saying. Like, so what we going to, we just going to make more rings. Yes. You know, it's just nothing made sense in this. Um, two out of five Lord of the Rings ring of power. I'm still going to check out season two, you know, to see what happens in this. But yeah. That, that's it. Okay, yeah, and there we have it. Another, another week, another episode in the bag. Uh, if you stuck with me this far, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're a real one. And since you're there, hey man, go ahead and uh, rate the show. You know, just give me, give me quick little five star you know what i'm saying you know help with the algorithms help with uh you know getting the numbers up things like that and i would you know i sincerely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart everybody who clicks on me anyway regardless if you listen to 30 seconds to 30 minutes i i'm super appreciative appreciative of you and hopefully you stop by next week and you know listen to me blab on about stuff i've seen and everything that's happening in movies and books and I will see you guys next week. Peace.